Welcome to The Definitive Rap, where we report the truth about American exceptionalism. We love our flag, we love our country, and we believe in America. The Definitive Rap, where we respect people of faith, the men and women in blue, and our support for Israel. And now, your host, Bela Sebraff on The Definitive Rap. Hello, and welcome to The Definitive Wrap. I am Bela Seabrow. Thank you to Vin News for hosting our show. Today, we will be discussing a topic that will raise much controversy, parental alienation. At The Definitive Wrap, we promote justice. As the producer and host of The Definitive Wrap, I not only promote justice, but I fight for a tooth and nail. No man, no woman, no child, no animal, no living creature should ever be abused or mistreated by anyone. There should be no cover-ups, and if there is, it must be exposed. When two people get divorced, it is between them, the adults. It is the couple getting divorced. The children should not be getting divorced from either of their parents. Keep the children out of it. That's my position. Children have a right to have a relationship with both parents. No mother... No father should ever keep their child or children away from their parent. The long-term effect of parental alienation on children can be devastating and is actually a criminal offense in some countries. With us today is Jeffrey Ostrov, an Orthodox man from Israel, to talk about his painful experience as a father who is being alienated from his children, and he will talk about how the system is failing him and others in this situation. Jeffrey, welcome to the definitive rap. Thank you. Jeffrey, I understand that you are divorced. How old are your children now, and when did the alienation begin? Okay, well, I'm the father of three children, a daughter named Shira, who just turned 18, a son named Eitan, who's 15, and my youngest son, Hananel, who will be bar mitzvah in a month from now. And... Regarding your second question, um, the alienation basically coincided with the decision um, which was made unilaterally without ever having any conversation about it by my wife to end the marriage suddenly, which created a sudden change in the behavior uh, which I encountered with my children. What was what was your ex-wife claiming is the reason for her keeping your children away from you? Oh, well, what I found in my case and in predominantly almost every case, and I find it very disturbing, there's always a claim of some form of abuse or instability. Um, and it's always portrayed literally almost against the father. Um, as a matter of fact, um, as a matter of fact, uh, prior to being interviewed by you right now, I was no, I had noticed how literally every post, um, I read is always portraying as if the father is, the father is beating children or beating his wife up. Whereas I know personally in my case, um, that it was the exact opposite. And I know that for many men have never had any form of physical abuse. Absolutely never, uh, neither against 
their wives or their children. The same in my case. In fact, um, I found I find situations which are actually the exact opposite, except that society does not see it that way. And society tends to believe in particular um, a woman's plea of being abused, um, whether the instability is is real or not. I mean, even if every person I, I've ever met has some form of instability, I mean, even people would come across incredible. I mean, no one is perfect, but in some cases, a person may be diagnosed with something or another, and that always gives the right for a person to claim that they're being unstable. The most common one would probably be um, um, attention deficit disorder, um, and, but there are others, but even the others don't necessarily mean that it affects the parent's ability to raise a child um, in any normal capacity. There is no logical reason behind it. What would happen if you made contact with your children? Today? Mm -hmm. Um. um for the most part, they would just turn their head away, meaning they would try to disassociate themselves. They would always be um, fear of retaliation of being in contact with me. But anyone who understands parental alienation, um, there is an absolute definition with uh, parental alienation that the parent who's targeted, um, and by the way, this can apply to both men and women. I mean, Primarily is men who are targeted, the targeted parent who is the alienated parent, where the mother is the alienator. But there are there are quite a few cases, although much to a lower percentage of women who are alienated, women mothers who are alienated. But one of the clear criteria is that it does not only apply to the parent, but to anyone who's associated with the parent, meaning my parents, um, my parents, my brothers, my sisters. Um, um, in fact, my brother was an actual teacher in one of my, in my son's school. And my son would try to avoid my own brother at any possibility. And he was an absolute, he was an actual teacher in the school. So he would come, he would come across with him like every other day and he would just try to avoid him. And the same goes for my parents. Um, Aside from myself, I mean, and to some extent, it depends which child it is. Every child acts a little differently. Um, most of my sons, for argument's sake, act in fear. My daughter, um, in particular, um, would probably either try to avoid me or lash out at me, but usually mimicking something which is completely irrational. So are you saying so are that... You um, you are legally being kept away from your children? Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm being legally kept away because the entire format in which my Well, explain divorce... what that means in Israel, being legally oh. kept away. Legally kept away is basically um, um, approximately about 35 to 40% of divorces today, at least in Israel, and to a greater part in the United States, are initiated by manipulating a system 
which the family court system was naturally not intended to offer. The family courts, both in the Israel and the United States, offer um, people protection when they are in an endangered position, meaning not in not in a position where they are considering divorce, but in a in a problem. Maybe they were maybe married. One person may be an alcoholic, and they need uh, the person to be kept away from the home. However, the procedure of making false allegations or going to the police and using the court system, which offers something which is terminalized in different countries by different names. In Israel, it goes by protective order, whereas police offer restraining order. Um, women initiate their entire divorces by making, I mean, incredible, outrageous, false allegations against their husbands um, to the police, which automatically apply a restraining order, no matter there is no real burden of proof as long as she claims she's in some form of fear. And the um, the court system basically just applies that by virtue of a um, by virtue of giving a protective order. So the mother and father are basically separated by virtue of false allegations. And this is done primarily for a multitude of reasons. I mean, what, some of it even has to do with Jewish halakha. Most people don't understand why, because a woman may need a reason why, um, to obtain a get. So if she doesn't have a reason, it now gives her the opportunity to create a dangerous person. A woman who's married to a dangerous person may be given a um, the opportunity to obtain a get um, by portraying herself that she's in a dangerous marriage. The other, or the other ability is to um, gain custodian custody of the children, or in my case, I would just turn it um, control of the children, an automatic control of the, of the children. Um, now, in Israel, the problem is that not only does this happen, but the system, at least in Israel, the court system in Israel very much relies on the social services, when deciding um, what to do with children. Now, naturally, um, in high-conflict uh, divorces, which basically start out this way, the social workers, and I don't mean to sound sexist, but they are made up of about the people who handle these cases are pretty much nearly all women. And they basically literally take the mother's word of fear or danger to the child. And a person just like myself will suddenly find himself under supervised visitations, which means that for an individual like myself, aside from where it was physically impossible to sleep under the same roof as my child, meaning which would have meant if I were not at home because I do I was on reserve duty or I may during the course of our marriage, if I went away on vacation and left the kids with uh, someone, um, there was a, never a day in my life to the best of my uh, knowledge where I've ever slept apart from my children. And we go from there to overnight being completely detached 
from your own children. Aren't there any um, investigations conducted? No, because the burden of proof to apply um, to apply uh, for that the police have or and no one in the court system wants to take any change is very minimal. It's enough that a woman poses some form of threat or fear that her life is somewhat endangered for the court system to automatically apply this. Now, I've read about this, that this does not only go on here in Israel, but it goes on. Uh, there's a woman who posted something which went viral in Australia. We know it goes on in the United States, and it absolutely goes on in Israel. And um, so basically, and children are absolutely exposed to horrific situations, including police involvement or um, high conflict situations, meaning I don't cannot recall in the entire course of my marriage ever having situations which would even come close to single situations, which immediately happened um, upon this unilateral decision of wanting to get divorced. So if if you were to make contact with your children, hmm. what would happen? Well, the mother, in my case, would do anything to block the child from having any contact. The mother would either call the police, um, call the police to create a stir, um, for argument's sake, um, one of the most incredible uh, situations which I've ever encountered was when one of my children was, was actually supposed to be with me by a, by a court order. Um, she contacted the social services and lied about the court order, which was based on the actual social services report. And the social services just took her word that I actually took my kid from school um, without permission. And the following time in which I went to take my kid from school. Now, many people are going to be shocked when they hear this. Um, my entire, the entire school was surrounded by police, security system, uh, security, and the military. I know it sounds hard to believe, but a 10-year-old kid um, a 10-year-old kid was surrounded by about 40 people, 40 members of a security because the mother makes no shame about it, but creates the fact that there could even be something as much as a terrorist attack about to take place. Oh my goodness. And not only was my child affected, but hundreds of kids were exposed to this. I'm talking to a school which is which anyone in the United States can relate to, a typical private, like, although it's within a public system here, but it's right. very much equivalent to any private school in the United States, meaning it wouldn't stand out. It would be like any Basiakov school or any, um, or like the Yeshiva Flatbush, which is a very well-known school in New York. I'm just giving, or Ramaz. I mean, this is how it basically took place. And this wasn't the only situation. There were many situations or she would take the kids, lock them in the car with her, call the police. So it was always 
the police were always somehow or another involved in the situation. I mean, there was never a time in my entire life where the police were ever called into any situation involving my family. Up until the divorce conflict came about. Do you think that your children want to have a relationship with you? Well, yes, they do. They always did. And they were very happy to have the relationship. Don't forget that every child has an emotional level. Um, and when you raise children, every ch- some children have some problems. Some children have some issues. I don't want to discuss each of my children's issues. But my children were pretty much okay for the most part. Some may, may have had one of them had without mentioning a name. One of them was a little bit more antisocial. A little one of them was. But. It wasn't anything which you would notice if you had just met them. Um, but, and they were very happy. I've found numerous documentation um, to, um, that would definitely prove that the kids were very happy to be with me, meaning, um, and sometimes. Um, the real proof is when you sometimes find even documentation, which you would have never thought to prepare um, in life. For argument's sake, one of my child, one of my children, which needed um, to get a psycho a psychological evaluation before entering uh, first grade. Right. Um, right. In the report, the report um, mentioned. Um, that my child was eligible to enter first grade, but he needed a little assistance here or there, um, a little, maybe a little extracurricular activity of some, of some of some sort or another, but that's not important. Yeah. What was incredible about the report was that the report mentioned multiple times, despite both parents being there, that, every, that during the course of the meeting, my interview, the child kept running towards the father and hugging the father, meaning not the mother. Now, the child could have done that, and I didn't ask them anyone to write that report. Right. So, right. or nearly inconsistently, when the child when the child um, the child called me up, I know the last time my child actually called me up willingly was literally in the days preceding this decision of hers, where he said, when are you coming home? I miss you. Meaning he made a voluntary call towards his parents. But what transpired after that would be nothing less of horrific. You know, experts say that parental alienation backfires in the end. Do you agree with that? Um, No. Because although some people claim it does, it it basically um, is sometimes used as a myth to have parents accept the fact that their kids aren't having in contact, and they will basically eventually rebound. There is no there is no absolute proof to that, and it's inconsistent with the child. It's not consistent with the child's behavior. Every child may take it differently. And a child may be so estranged from a parent that he may not even come to reality to that decision that maybe the parent is so bad that realistically 
that there was some truth in it. And sometimes um, what happens in particular in divorce is that certain aspects of life, um, certain aspects or certain um, topics in life um, are exaggerated um, in order to create this alienation. Um, I found that one of the topics which I find most horrific that come, that is basically an absolute form of parental alienation is how in particular in both here and in the United States where there is a slight difference, if you want to answer that in the future, um, how women systematically try to portray themselves as being refused a guest when in reality the entire topic is basically the entire divorce is surrounded by um by a dispute regarding raising the children so the children are exposed basically this is always one-sided this is 99 percent of the time one-sided whereas a father is portrayed as this wicked, horrible man who's being abusive to his wife, when in reality, the mother is holding the children hostage and the children are the ones being most affected by this and the community is completely unaware about this. And then I've always asked people, um, I've I've always told my story, um, which a lot of people, um, when they hear, they're usually pretty much shocked um, because in my particular case, uh, my wife was never allowed to remove our kids from our joint home. She just did it anyway, and she relied on the system, which is made up by the police, the court system, and the social services, to basically facilitate what she did with the children, which was basically move them out unilaterally from our joint home. So when we sat down even with a rabbi, at one point in my, um, when we sat down with my, with uh, with the rabbi of my community, and he looked at me and he said, regardless of what the decision is, or what's going on in your case, if a woman really doesn't want to be with a man, and by the way, this is not true according to Allah, because just because a woman is unhappy for some measures, it doesn't mean she's entitled to a get. But if a woman is really unhappy, she's entitled to end the marriage. And then he looked at my wife and he said, but that, that does not include the children. So I told the rabbi uh, something very simple. Fine. So here's the get. Leave, leave me alone. And if you're, um, and just make sure that, um, before she leaves the community, um, to go to the rabbinical court of Yushalayim, and you're welcome to escort her. Just make sure she drops the kids off at my home, which she removed against the court order. And her response was not in words, let's put it to you this way, but it's something that people use their middle finger for in the United States. And that's basically to say, you, you can go to hell. And she was standing there with her attorney who's married to a rabbi, and everyone knew what the real story was. The real story was, well, go fight it out in court. And that's one of the very big attitudes which happened within society. It's sort of like, like, and then you can drag this on for years. So what happens basically is, is that 
the, my children, which were unilaterally removed from the home and did not have co proper contact at all with me for a year and were alienated to begin with, um, I was being pressed to sort of um, give up the children and just fight it out in court because proceed these uh, legal um, these legal um, court battles which deal with the uh, custody can go on for years and years and years and there is no simple decision which uh, which basically applies joint custody no matter what the situation is and my fear was that even if there was a law in the United States and Israel which apply joint custody there is still a method in which you can completely turn the tables which is by making false allegations against your partner and it's something used primarily um, uh, by women against, against men in order for numerous reasons, primarily to gain custody and possibility of maximizing things like child support and to punish the husband as well for their unhappiness. And anyone who is unaware of the statistics, approximately well over 75% of divorces today are initiated by women. I mean, I right, but I'm that. saying you had given the get, and still there is that parental alienation, correct? Oh, for sure. The but the problem was the problem was is that the 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 assumption was it's like oh once that happens, um, she'll let down. And by the way, that for a person whose whose goal is to estrange you from the kid, the, from your own children then it makes it really makes no difference and um and i find it very horrific how there's a simple topic which many of the organizations which deal with the uh, with the term of get refusal avoid dealing with is how none of them will go after a mother when the entire topic is a battle over child custody, but they will go against the father. And they're very well aware that the actual topic has nothing to do with the actual get divorce, but the custodial aspects of the children. So you'll never see, you'll never see, I've yet to find a demonstration in front of a woman's house who's basically his husband saying, Oh, here's the get. Just make sure the kids come out so I can have my my equal time with the children. There's they'll only go after the father. So basically, this is how again it's the actual get refusal is a form of parental alienation, which is basically operated within the community and the legal system. I mean, the rabbinical courts in the United States, they would never I mean, you would be pressed to find a rabbinical court which would find that if the husband said, look, you want to end the marriage, fine. But we both have the right to um, we both have the right to raise our children. But and once they would find it, I would say, you know what, we should go after the mother. But the community refuses to. And that's where one of the major problems goes on within society today. I was actually, before I was interviewed today, I was watching a show how the rabbinical court in Israel, in an absolute, in a very long interview, stated that they are so concerned about even arresting a woman 
who refuses a get because the next day every tabloid in Israel will show the woman chained to a uh, in in handcuffs. So they actually will avoid going after someone. And that's the and this is by the way, I also find that um, that this is the same policy that goes on in the United States as well, whereas you will be hard pressed to find a rabbi which will go after a woman. They will, because he will get retaliation, meaning he'll go along with the general attitude of the public of going after the father. When in reality, any professional um, who's aware of, um, um, who works in family law or rabbis who deal with, with get issues and so forth are very well aware of the fact that there are so many other motives which are not discussed and and or they're very well aware that the legal system in the United States very much still unilaterally supports mothers as controlling the kids or being primary custodians. And that really affects a um, and that really affects the time frame in itself affects um, the um, the relationship a parent can have with a kid. So if you take New York State, which is the largest community in the United States, the state of New York's position in ch- general child custody is that a mother will or will pretty much get full custody of the children, or she will spend about seventy to seventy five percent of the time with the children. So a father is fighting an uphill battle. And that's where one of the aspects within society, which has nothing realistically to do with parental alienation, which society fails. If anyone who reads up what the father's movement in the United States is all about, it's all about the injustice or imbalance within the family court system regarding custodial battles. And an additional, a prejudice towards men that... All men are essentially violent and abusive and towards both their wives and their children. And a mother is always the innocent victim. There is no mother who's abusive towards her children. There's no wife who's abusive towards her husband. It's a very one-sided story. Well, I, the, the issue is that things aren't being investigated. I mean, just, you know, just, just to be fair, there are cases where there is abuse in the home, whether the mother is abusing the children or the father is abusing the children. It does happen. The issue is that uh, things aren't being investigated. So claims are not being investigated. So that, I, I think, to me, from what I'm listening, uh, it sounds to me that claims are not being investigated. Well, let's, let's put it this way. I, I've always... A lot of people are always amused when I tell them a certain aspect of my personal life, which people find it hard to believe that um, the social every in every city in this country, at least there's um, within the municipality um, or the county in New York or uh, every county in the United States, there is a division of social services. So the country, the state of Israel relies on the social services um, to report what the best interests of the children are. And it's literally unilateral about what their decisions are being made. But they'll even go as so far as to distort even absolute information which they have within their system 
to, um, to facilitate the mother. And the greatest example I've ever given, and people are shocked when they hear this. Now, I don't mean to say, I'm not trying to badmouth my ex, wife, whatever you want to, whatever term you want to call her. But, um, but I do tell people one thing. For a person who lived in the same place for 33, roughly 33 consecutive years, meaning from the time I was a child till the time uh, my divorce proceeding started, I had only walked into social services for one reason in my whole life. Imagine walking past a building or walking past an office and you only entered at one point in your life. And the only reason I walked into that office in my entire life um, was because um, there were reports of my wife being abusive towards my children. Now, you would expect that if in a procedure in which the same social services and understand something, I live in a town with a population of a bit, currently of about 11,000 people. Meaning there are just under 2,000 families. Meaning this isn't information which slips through a, a system like a large city. And it's the same individual who works for child protective services in the town has been the same person who's employed for 10 years. Yet in all the years that have transpired since, um, since my divorce proceeding has started, never has the social services even mentioned this alleged behavior of a mother. In fact, they literally withheld the information and that information is withheld because it's inconsistent with the atmosphere that they're always trying to prove, which is that the person who's stable is the mother and the unstable person is the father. Um, and um, I found that I've had um, um, at least three psychiatrists, four psychologists side with me. And yet, no matter who's really sides with me, of course, there is absolute proof of parental alienation. Um, the system is very reluctant to take kids away from their mother. It means it doesn't even necessarily have to do with, um, with the, uh, with the system. It's just that no one, no one wants to take kids away from their mother, but they will do that against their, they will do this, uh, to a father. Right. And right. the system always portrays the father in as a person who's unstable, who does not know how to raise their children. Um, and I always found one thing I always wanted to know, like, is it really possible that I can actually prove that I never did anything to my children? Well, at least I know one thing. My daughter was once questioned about how I actually heard her in the course of her entire life. And she is the most alienated once against me. And to which she answered, she to which she answered when she was questioned by a professional that she has no recollection of me ever doing anything wrong to her. Meaning I never even hit her in my life. I was there in, in every aspect of her life and raising her. And it suddenly took a drastic change because of divorce. Um, what would you like to see happen? 
Um, well, the problem is, is that a lot of people look for, and I know this is why you're probably even interviewing me, you're, you're a fighter for justice here. And that's what you mentioned to me earlier. Um, the problem is, is that you're actually expecting justice within a system. But for a majority of the system, I mean, we're still a long way of making a major change in uh, a system. Um, I would think that in Israel, most people are even unaware that a woman does not even get punished for making a false allegation. So you can imagine what would happen if a woman were caught making a false allegation, she would be punished heavily as a matter or even sent to jail. So the question is, is when you have no uh, when you encourage people to act in a certain way without any penalty, it creates a major problem. The other problem is, is that is primarily the default, which doesn't happen in the United States. And my proof is that there is not one place in the entire United States of America which offers 51% of the time to be with his children. They do not offer I mean, someone may prove it in court here or there. He may be a custodian, but there is no state in the United States, meaning the actual default is a mother needs to do nothing to gain control of the kids. And she may not even be a perfectly stable mother for that matter. And Parental alienation, which is the main topic, is become a horrific situation, which I'm surprised that our society is well aware of, but they don't deal with. There's uh, there's very little punishment. I mean, I find that a person who estranges their kid, I know there's some case law in the United States of people who have been sent to jail. I mean, sent to jail. I mean, I've I've I mean, I mean. Having a major penalty, having a um, putting putting a penalty on um, or not complying with time frames that kids are supposed to be with both their parents. In America, they use the term visitation. I hate that term because it implies that a child is visiting a parent, whereas not living with both parents. And um, yeah. but I can vouch that for argument's sake that one of the things which I had never encountered any punishment of is since there was no punishment, then why, then what do you care if you don't respect the law? Meaning I can guarantee that if for every time my child did not see me, there would be a massive penalty of an incredible amount of money. You'd see how the children would suddenly show up. There would be a default decision. Um, and, and there's no, there's no, there's, there's no default decision. Meaning I can just imagine if predominantly women collect child support in the United States of, let's say she collects two or $3,000 a month, maybe, you know, probably even more. But if for every time the child does not see the father, she would get, she would pay a penalty of $10,000 or something which complies, which is consistent with her income, right? You'd see a drastic change of just the contact, the proper contact that a child has with a parent. Um, fortunately, that doesn't necessarily happen. So um, there's sadly very little within our within our community which um, um, which encourages um, encourages um, parents 
to share custody. I'm not saying that there aren't many who do automatically agree. There are many couples that come to perfect agreements. They are okay with the divorce. There is no parental alienation. Um, but the number of kids that are affected by this, uh, um, by this is probably somewhere around easily 25 to 35%, meaning one third of the kids are dealing with, with a, with disastrous situations. I mean, incredible situations. I mean, if I even told you, I mean, when the last time I actually spoke with my daughter with, most people wouldn't even believe it. I last spoke today's date is February 23rd, 2023. I have yet to even have a conversation of 20 seconds with my daughter since May 23rd, 2018. And with my boys, it's just as bad. Thank you for joining us today. I am so sorry for your pain, and I hope the issues get resolved soon. May you have much nachas from your children, and um, may things work out for you. Thank you to Vin News and to our audience for tuning in. Thanks for listening to The Definitive Wrap with your host, Bela Sebrow. Be sure to tell your family and friends they also can catch The Definitive Wrap on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and your favorite streaming service. See you next time on The Definitive Wrap.